Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life, and we have been looking at the 400th year anniversary of the Synod of Dort, this great historical event that took place 400 years ago in the Netherlands. Um, historically, this was when the remonstrants, who were students of Jacob Arminius, came and demonstrated against the church in Holland, um, and their their basic dispute was over um, the way that sinful man is made right before a holy God. And they proposed five points of doctrine, and these doctrines are basically the doctrines of Arminianism when it comes down to the doctrine of salvation. The Synod of Dort, which was just a council of 84 church members from church pastors from from all over Europe, came and responded with what's called the Canons of Dort, and this is where we get the five points um, of so-called Calvinism today, also in the form of the acrostic tulip. So, what we've looked at so far is T U L, total depravity, unconditional election, and limited atonement. And so today we are moving on to irresistible grace. So what does irresistible grace mean and what does it not mean? So if you're really going back to the teachings of the remonstrants, what they would say is that a person can resist God's internal gracious call of salvation. Mm -hmm. That man has the ability to... um, resist the work of the Spirit. And so the Spirit's work then is dependent upon the person or the sinner's willingness to cooperate. The Spirit needs to bring about a change in somebody's heart. They they would agree with that. Um, Arminians believe that the Spirit has to be the means of salvation. Mm -hmm. However, the Spirit is not the free agent the Spirit is a dependent agent, and he's dependent on man, the will of man, the cooperation of man, if you will. So really what happens is, if you want to just say it in um, just practical terms, the gospel is presented to somebody, is, is preached or, or shared, and at that moment, God's Spirit does a work in the heart of the person that's listening and opens up a door, if you will. And then at that point, the person can say, yes, I want to do something with that, or no, I'm not going to. So the the Spirit does, if you will, little works of regeneration, opens a, 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 a portal that the person says, okay, I'm going to go through that portal, or nope, I'm not going to do anything with the work that the Spirit did at, at that initial moment. So it's like there are hundreds of rebirths in the lives of, of unbelievers, and hopefully with one of them, they'll do something with it. That uh-huh. I hope that's not an oversimplification, but 
that I think that would be the most consistent rendering of what they're saying. The spirit's right. necessary, right. and the spirit constantly does a work, and it depends on whether the person's going to do something with that work every time. Yeah, and and the the biblical position and the position of Dort, uh, the Dort Dort's response to that uh, is that God's grace is irresistible. That when God sets out to save a person, He accomplishes that mission. Let's put it that way, uh, and that it's not dependent on us; it's, it's dependent on God. In the Reformed tradition. Uh, and, and in Scripture, it, of course, never says that our responses to God's work in our lives are unnecessary or that we don't. And, in fact, it's inaccurate to say that we reform don't believe in free will. Absolutely we do. Yes. When, the, when, when God regenerates the will and when God, when God does a work in us uh, by the Holy Spirit of regeneration, we're given a will to respond to Christ. And to respond to his inv- invitation, and that response is absolutely necessary, mm-hmm. and we and we invite that response. We we uh, we in, we invite, we challenge, we exhort every human being on the planet to respond to the gift of God's saving love in Jesus Christ. Uh, we're, we're as as Russ said in an earlier show, uh, and I think he was quoting the Canons of Dort uh, that we're promiscuous about spreading the gospel. Yeah, uh, that. Uh, we want we want everyone to hear. Uh, so the the views of grace that would be distinguished between what Dort said and what the Remonstrants said would basically be this: what the Remonstrants were were basically putting forward was this idea of prevenient grace that grace right. lifts us all up to an equal level field. It kind of brings us out of that spiritual deadness, and then we have the opportunity to respond to the gospel. What Dort is saying is that no, actually. The grace of God that you need is is not just to bring you to a neutral playing field. You need grace to bring you all the way into the kingdom. So right. to, to summarize, both prevenient grace and irresistible grace precede human decision. The difference is that prevenient grace does not guarantee the outcome of salvation, for it still depends upon human will. Right. But irresistible grace is always effectual, and it always results in the salvation of the person that it's poured out upon. Mm-hmm. This is this is the doctrine of the new birth. Yes, um, I, I I always ask people when they're struggling with the doctrines of grace. Um, I ask them, "Well, what did you do to be born into this world?" <laughs> yeah, and they have to say, "Well, nothing." And I said, "Don't you think that's maybe why the Jesus used the language of the new birth?" Mm-hmm. And in fact, Jesus, that's exactly why Jesus is using the language of the new birth. He says, after that whole uh, you know, sermon in John 3, he says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is every, with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The wind is effectual. The Spirit is effectual. The wind is sovereign in how it blows. The Spirit is sovereign in who it saves. Right, right. I'm just going to read the language of the remonstrance to, to see, so you can hear it. So they're, they're going to believe in grace, and they're going to believe that we need to be saved by grace. So I just want to be fair. I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. It says, man does not have saving faith of himself, nor by the power of his own free will, since he's in the state of apostasy and sin. Can, uh, cannot of and through himself think, will, or do any good which is truly good. So we agree with them on that. That is true. We need God's grace to be saved. We can't do any good apart from that. Then they go on to say, this grace of God is the commencement, progression, and completion of all good, 
also insofar that regenerate man cannot, apart from this, prevenient or assisting, awakening, consequent and cooperating grace, think, will, or do good, or resist any temptations to evil, so that all good works or activities which can be conceived must be ascribed to the grace of God in Christ. But with respect to the mode of this grace, it is not irresistible, since it is written concerning many that they resisted the Holy Spirit. And we agree. We agree many resist the Holy Spirit, right? That's why there's still sin today. The point is that when the Holy Spirit sovereignly chooses to overcome that resistance, nobody can stop him. And thank God. That's why we're saved is because God overcame our resistance. But I think the clear teaching of Scripture that we need to continually come back to is that the Spirit gives life. Yes. Um, That the Spirit doesn't come and give an inkling and then disappear. Right. That the Spirit's work is to come and regenerate, give new life, a new birth. It does a work that leads to salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, That the idea is that regeneration is a gift of God. Yes. Um, But it's not a tentative gift, partially given, and then maybe that it will be pursued. It's a gift that creates. And the reason why grace is irresistible is because salvation is a one-sided work of God, God changing the heart, man at that point has new affections and therefore will choose God. Why? Because his heart has been renewed. Right. Um, and so man is not forced. Man now has the ability to choose God because his heart has been made alive. Right. Well, and here, and here once again, uh, the idea that grace can be resisted, the idea that God's initiative in, in a human life can be resisted, gives us way too much credit. It's as if God offers this thing out there and then just stands back and says, well, okay, it's up to you now. No, the gospel is, the gospel is just exponentially better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's this offer out there that we can take, we can, that we can take or leave. No, uh, Christ has a people he came to save, and uh, God in sovereign love and mercy uh, has sent the Spirit to, to call us from death, <coughs> from death to life. And yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't resist it because I was dead in my sin. If I'm laying on the, on the operating table um, and my heart stops, I don't have any, at that moment, I don't have any choice about whether they choose to put the paddles on me and get my heart started again. Yep. God in sovereign mercy elected me and he just used that image again, put the paddles on my heart yeah. and, and brought me from, from death to life. And to, and to think otherwise gives me way too much credit, gives human beings way too much credit. And the, the whole body of belief of the Arminians and historically, as you know, we've been calling them the remonstrance, which is what they were called at the time in the Netherlands. The whole, that whole body of belief just gives way too much glory to man and robs God of glory. That's right. A couple of pictures of this, uh, of the Spirit sovereignly bringing someone to salvation. One in a story, in the story of Lydia, when she was converted, she, she and a few other women were listening to the Apostle Paul preach. Um, there in um, 
where they at? In Philippi. And it says in Acts chapter 16, verse 14, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. What is the necessary implication of that? Right. Before the Lord opened her heart, she couldn't pay attention to the things that right. were said by Paul. It was the Lord opening her heart that caused her to believe. In a doctrinal letter in 2 Timothy, the second place, uh, this is where Paul is giving direction to young pastors like me. Not to be argumentative. And he says that... Uh, so listen. not to fill an eye, is that what you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, yeah. So he says, correct your opponents with gentleness so that um, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. God, act like this um, and perhaps... God would grant them repentance. He's free to do, he's free to do it. He's mm-hmm. free to not do it. But if he does do it, they will repent. Right. You know, the, uh, there was a great theologian of the 20th century named Karl Barth, who, uh, who I would disagree with on many things, and I know my brothers here would also. Uh, but one thing he got right, a, a little three-word phrase, he said, God is not God in vain. Uh, in other words, God is not on a saving mission for nothing. He's going to, he, God accomplishes what he sets out to do. And when we talk about irresistible grace, that's what we're saying. Uh, God's not making an attempt at salvation. God is accomplishing salvation. And, and that's one, and it's one more reason we can rest and be assured and, and be at peace in our salvation because we know it's the work of God and, and not mine. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We've been going through the Canons of Dort. If you've missed any of these broadcasts, just subscribe to our podcast. Just type in the Gospel for Life. We hope to see you next time. 